Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. It's Monday, man. Monday. We're getting back in the saddle after a big holiday weekend and goings-ons. I hope so. And people are probably starting to review what this last year was and make some plans for the next year. Isn't this like the second biggest shopping day of the year? Except except not shopping, it's returning. Like returning gifts? <laughs> I was going to say it probably is the biggest return day of the year for sure. Yeah. But while people are out and about, we're going to have some devotional time here looking at the Word of God, and we're continuing in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 17 this week. I want to talk about the transfiguration. All right. Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 8, I am reading from the English Standard Version. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. We've been commenting uh, a few different weeks, this idea people say, well, Jesus never claimed to be the Son of God. Jesus never said he was God. And yet, in so many ways, Matthew is demonstrating, of course, he is the Son of God. Mm. He is showing us. He's showing us again and again. And what we have here in Matthew 17 at the beginning is this account of literally showing forth his glory, divine glory, to these key witnesses of Peter and James and John. Well, it's a divine glory, but it also brings up, as we have been doing in several chapters, some memories from things that God revealed in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. I believe that as we witness what happens here with Jesus and we think about Peter and James and John and what they witnessed, we're supposed to remember an event in the life of Moses where he also went up on a mountain and Mm -hmm. was himself somewhat transfigured. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about when he, when when the 10 commandments came along Okay, and the people said to Moses, Hey, we, we can't handle this. We can't handle hearing the voice of God. We want you to go talk to God. You go talk to God. And then you come back and you tell us what God said. Well, let's get a little picture of the mountain though. Why were they so scared to go meet God? Okay. (laughs) It, was it because there was thunder and lightning and a dark cloud over the mountain? <laughs> fire, smoke. Fire, smoke, and warn if anyone should even touch the mountain that they will be killed and their beasts. That was a pretty scary mountain. Sure. I mean, you really had to, I mean, you'd have to take a deep breath to walk up that mountain. And then when they heard the voice of God, it was so compelling and so awe-inspiring and 
frankly, frightening, Mm -hmm. frightening Mm -hmm. to hear the voice of God coming from that mountain with all of that accoutrement that was there with it. Yeah. And so they said, look, we can't handle this. Okay. We've heard the 10 words. We've heard the 10 commandments, but Moses from now on, we want you to go talk to God. Mm -hmm. You go talk to Mm -hmm. him and you bring back to us whatever it is that he has to say. And so God said, that sounds like a plan. Moses goes into the darkness and he goes up on the mountain and God gives him more explanation of those commandments. He Mm -hmm. talks to them about his role. He talks to them about the plans. He talks to them about the tabernacle. He's up there for a while, isn't he? He's up there for quite a long time. Um, Then, of course, we have the golden calf scenario, all Mm -hmm. of those things going on throughout all of this. But then in Exodus chapter, I think it's I think it's in 34. Let me just run over here real quick. Yeah, right here at the end of Exodus chapter 34, in verse 29, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, and he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he was commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining, and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went to speak with him. So was that an effect of the end of chapter 33 when Moses had asked, show me your glory, and and God said, well, no, you really can't see my glory, but he hit him in the cleft of the rock as his glory passed behind him. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up as I was going through the story a second ago. Uh, kind of skipped over the part where he comes back down because of the golden calf, and then he goes up to make atonement for Israel. Yeah. And at that moment, he asks God, hey, would you, I, I want to see you. I want to see you in your glory. I want to see you. Uh, and God says, well, I'll protect you from some of that because mm-hmm. if you saw that, it'd kill you. Mm-hmm. But I'll let you see the backside of my glory. Okay. And being exposed to this glory of God actually changes Moses. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one of the favorite things I've ever read about this in G.K. Beale's book, We Become What We Worship, he actually uses this as a contrast with Israel because of their worship of the golden calf. Okay. There are several statements as God is dealing with them and as Moses is dealing with them that actually pictures them like cattle. As they've broken loose and they're stubborn huh. and stiff-necked, okay. we become what we worship. They're worshiping a cow and they become like that. Moses, however, stands out because he goes and he wants to see the glory of God and he's honoring and praising the glory of God. And now look at what's happened to him. Yeah, he's shining. He is shining uh, as the, that glory has now transferred yeah, to him. And yeah, so yeah, the yeah. people are getting this object lesson. Of the difference between them and Moses. Mm-hmm. They've become more like cows. Mm-hmm. Moses has become more like God. Okay. But now let's get back to our story because we're really not talking about Moses on the mountain. We're talking about Jesus on the mountain. But who did Jesus meet 
on the mountain. Yeah, he meets Moses and he meets Elijah. So here's Moses again up on the mountain, mm-hmm. and then there's this transfiguring. But notice, and I think this is really important, that it looks, if I understand Matthew chapter 17, that Jesus was transfigured and then Moses and Elijah meet with him. Mm. So this this glory, yeah. this radiance, this majesty, this beauty, this shining light, this face that is shining as the sun and the clothes that are white as no launderer could get them. This all happened because of Jesus, just who he is, mm-hmm. not because of the glory of Moses, not because of the glory of Elijah, not because these two men have come to meet with him, but rather we are seeing the image of just Jesus. The, the veil is being pulled back. It was, oh, here's the... You know, yeah. Here's the God behind the curtain of man. Well, yeah. So as we're introduced to Jesus in the Gospel of John, the first chapter, that he has tabernacled with man, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Uh, to me, it's it's this um, it's this echo, and then it's also this reversal, that where no one could miss God's mountain in Exodus because of all the thunder and lightning and shining glory that if you saw it, it'd kill you. But now in Jesus Christ, God has done this amazing thing to look like a man and, and that someone even overlook him, you know, nothing peculiar about him uh, to draw attention to him um, as Isaiah prophesied about him until we go up on this mountain. And now here is this revelation, this peak behind the tabernacle. Look who it is. It's God. And Peter, James, and John get to have the curtain pulled back, and they get to see. All of this is supposed to be reminding us when we uh, of the story of Moses on the mountain and the glory when he was with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And now we see the Lord in his glory with Moses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are, like you started off earlier, we've got all these people today that tell us, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. He never claimed to be divine. And yet here is this event that is calling to mind the very glory of God that was so amazing that it changed Mm -hmm. Moses and how he looked. And we see that glory emanating from Jesus for just a few moments. And we call it the Mount of Transfiguration because Jesus was transfigured before these three apostles as they get to see a glimpse. Mm -hmm. Really for them, it is also the backside of the glory of the Lord. If they were to see Jesus in his full and his entire glory, it would have killed him. Yeah, no one can behold him in all that glory. According to Paul in 1 Timothy 6, thinking about Jesus... um, full of grace and truth. One of the things I love about this account is that that Moses is there on the mountain. I I think about because he struck the rock in his lifetime, he was told that he could not cross over into the Canaan land. He was able to see it from Mount Nebo, but he would die. He wouldn't be able to to stand there on that side. But here at this moment, you do have Moses on that side of the river, on the mountain with Jesus. And I think, what what a grace and what a joy that here Moses is. I remember a brother in a Bible class one time bringing up, I had never thought about this. He brought up, do you think that when Moses was there talking with Jesus, that what he was doing was complaining about not getting to cross over into the promised land? <laughs> 
I don't think he I, was. I don't think so. I think he's talking about how amazing it is to be there with Jesus. Probably yeah. talking about Jesus' own plans and what's upcoming. But no, yeah. you know, that's not revealed to us what they were discussing. All right. So specifically, let's let's now bring this home because I think there's something very specific we're supposed to notice with when we make these connections. Mm-hmm. As you connected it to the fact that Moses is transfigured because he's seen the glory of the Lord. Remember what the Lord said to Moses when his glory was passing before him. He he revealed his name. Mm-hmm. And not just Yahweh, the I am. It's here's what here's what his name means. Here's his nature. Here's his representation. We've talked about it on this in these conversations before. And the Lord says, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, Mm -hmm. keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. Mm -hmm. This is who God is. And what we are supposed to recognize is this is who Jesus is. In fact, as we consider what's about to happen with Jesus, we recognize that it's because of who Jesus is and because of what Jesus does Mm -hmm. that God is this thing. Mm -hmm. It's because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross that God can say both that he's slow to anger and that he's forgiving and that he's loving and loyal, but also will not clear the guilty. Because through the sacrifice of Jesus, our guilt is removed. But if we refuse to turn to Jesus, we are the guilty And we will not be cleared. It's because of what Jesus did. And all of this together, this is what we're supposed to be, I think, bringing to mind as we read about the transfiguration of Jesus. He is God, and he is the Son of God. It's really exciting. We're going to be spending some time this week looking at Matthew 17. Love to hear what you're learning from your study. Join us on the discussion group at Facebook or send us an email Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day. We thank you for your word. We uh, are excited to to see through the eye of faith and in our imaginations a little bit uh, what it must have been like for Peter and James and John to be there, to behold the glory of the Son of God, to to behold an Elijah and a Moses being there uh, at present with him at that time. It's just incredible. And to understand, to see with their own eyes, not following cunningly devised fables, not hearsay, not rumors, but with their own eyes to see the glory of Christ and the only begotten the Son of God, full of grace and full of truth. We believe Jesus is the Son of God. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throne.